Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. In Mark chapter 2, I want us to read, uh, beginning in verse 1, this very famous account of Jesus uh, and a miracle that took place in his ministry. So listen to what it says. It says, a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, well, that's a hard one, Capernaum, the people heard that he'd come home. And they gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. I want to stop right there and read that little phrase to you out of the Message Bible. It says, a crowd gathered, jamming the entrance so no one could get in or out. He was teaching the word. Then it goes on in verse 3. It says, some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking and thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. Signs. Signs. How do we access this inheritance? What keeps us from actually seeing what Jesus said we would see? Well, some lessons from here. The first thing that I want to say to you out of this account is this, is I believe that our lack of hunger for the Word results in empty houses and lack of signs. Oh, y'all, y'all already checked out on me. Stay with me this morning. The Bible says that on this day that the house was filled not because Jesus was doing miracles. The Bible says that it was filled to overflow because Jesus was, catch this, teaching the Word. That's why it was filled. So I have a question for you this morning. When was the last time that you saw a sanctuary packed because people were starving for the Word? I've come to discover that we will pack church houses because of programs, and we will pack church houses because of presentations. We will even pack church houses because of perversions. Some of y'all catch that later. We will we will pack church houses because of promises. But Sunday, on a normal Sunday, on a regular Sunday, what happens is that empty seats soak up good Bible teaching and the Word. Because we are no longer hungry for the word like we used to be. 
Oh, come on, I, I need somebody to help me this morning. I'm just telling you the way it is. We don't run after good teaching. We don't run to good preaching because the Bible says that in the last days we would want people to scratch our ear. They would, we would have itching ears. We would want them to say what we want them to say. And if they don't say what we want them to say, we will run to something else. And our houses are empty and our lives are empty because we long for things that we think we need and we run away from the Word. We must come back to this place where we will run to hear the word of God. We must change our appetites. We must understand that in order for signs to invade our lives, that we must once again become hungry for the word of God. We are waiting on God to crack the sky with signs, and he's waiting on us to crack the book. If we would become hungry again. Notice that when the word was in the house, the house was packed. See, I am determined and committed to seeing this house packed because the, of the word that is going forth. The packet with programs and packet with gimmicks, but the only life change, the only transformation, the only lasting impact that we will ever see take place in the lives of people is as a direct result of the word that invades their life and changes them forever we've got to get back to his word if we're really 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 hungry for the word we will be in the house oh y'all didn't hear me if we're really hungry for the word we will be in the house and we will chase after the word see Jesus said it like this. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Who was Jesus? Jesus was the Word. So in other words, what I am saying to you is that we have got to come back to this place where we lift up the Word of God and we extol the Word of God and we exalt the Word of God and we broadcast the word of God and when we do that when we lift Jesus up don't lift Steve up don't lift a gift up don't lift a brand up don't lift a, a slogan up lift up Jesus the word of God when the word of God goes forth we will find our way to the house and we will bring other people with us because of the word we don't have to worry about seeing signs if we would become hungry for the word. Why do I say that? I say that because the Bible declares, I've already read it to you, that God watches over his word and he protects his word to perform the task that it was assigned to. The Bible declares that it is his word that sustains us. The Bible declares that it is word that secures us. It is his word that gives us light. It's his word that gives us nourishment. It's his word that never returns void. So if we were in, genuinely hungry for the word, signs would follow but we have empty houses and empty lives because we have no word the second thing that I recognize out of this account is this signs will mess up neat little lives and neat little church services uh, see I, I'm convinced that the lady that prepared this home when she invited Jesus to use her home as a sanctuary probably made 
unbelievable preparation just like some of you did over Thanksgiving. She got out her best china. She dusted every corner, not just the, you know, the obvious stuff that you do when it's normal weeks. Jesus is coming to the house. We, we, we dust everything. We actually move the stuff off the shelf and dust. Y'all, okay, y'all don't dust like that at your house. She placed everything in order. She got everything prepared. She got everything vacuumed. She got everything neat and placed properly. But the only problem is, is this, is that Jesus showed up. And when Jesus shows up, the roof comes off the place. See, if we're determined to reestablish signs in our lives and signs in our services then we must also be prepared with the knowledge that at some point in our neat, orderly, fashioned little lives and our neat, orderly, fashioned little services, there is the possibility that the roof might just get taken off. And we have to be willing to understand that there will be debris. The Bible says they dug through. Have you ever dug through anything? Stuff fell out. Something was falling from the ceiling. It was a mess. It was messing up her nice, neat, confined, compartmentalized little world. But when Jesus shows up, that's what happens. See, let me get real practical for you. What that means for us is that means that right about the time that you get your budget all figured out, and you figured out how you're going to pay all your bills and have a little left over. At that moment, if we're going to see signs, what that means for you is at that moment, you may actually hear God say, take what you intended to pay over there and give it to that person because they're struggling and they're going under and I'm sending you on assignment and that's going to mess up your nice, neat little budget. And you've got to be willing to respond. That, that means that in our nice, neat little services that you may sense the power of the Holy Spirit saying to you, get out of your seat, walk across the aisle to somebody you do not know, look them in the eyes and say, I have a word for you, and I need to pray for you, and if you will allow me, I need to lay my hands on you, and I need to ask God to, that will mess up your nice, neat little world, because some of you are kind of shy and bashful and reserved and not sure that God still does that kind of stuff, but if Jesus ever shows up in the house, the roof will come off. See, you need to understand this morning that signs will offend your sensibility. Signs will derail your diplomacy. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me this morning. Y'all want us to be all nice in here and nice and neat and orderly. And I'm all right with nice and neat and orderly. You need to understand that I believe in order. In fact, I believe that God set order. The Bible says in Genesis, the very first chapter, that Jesus, that God hovered over, the Spirit of God hovered over chaos and brought order out of it. He is a God of order. He sets things in order. We make plans. I live by a plan. I live by a schedule. I am an orderly person. I believe in all that until we come to the place where we recognize and submit to the fact that God is God and he has the right at any moment to break into my nice, neat little schedule and mess up my calendar and mess up my plans and mess up my diplomacy and cause me to do what he wants me to do. That's what this teaches us. They had the service all planned out. Let's operate in structure. Jesus messed with religious structure. He messed people up. And so a couple side notes here, just as a, just a little rabbit I want to chase for a second. Two of them. Number one, 
Jesus' power over sin also reveals his power over our other needs. Did you notice that it's kind of ironic to me that the religious leaders of that day didn't believe he could deal with sin, although they knew he could deal with physical issues. Did you notice that? They had no problem with him healing folks. In fact, they encouraged him. Why didn't you say, take your mat and get up and walk? Instead, you say, you're sin- you can't do that. What's ironic to me today is that we have a bunch of religious folks that think he can deal with sins, but don't think he can deal with the physical issues of our life. Jesus' power is able to deal with every aspect of our life. Jesus says it like this in my words, neither one is a problem. If you've got a sin problem, I can fix it. I'll bust your roof open and fix your sin problem. If you have a physical problem, no problem. I can deal with that too. I will bust your roof and come and deal with your physical. If you have a financial issue, that's all right. I've got enough power to extend to that too. we got to take him out of the box and allow him to operate outside of our structure and our preconceived ideas and notions about what he can and cannot do because he's God. Neither one is more difficult than the other. So Jesus, once again, I I talked to you a couple weeks ago about dealing with the baseline issue of our life. This man comes for physical healing, but Jesus moves into his baseline need and deals with his spiritual healing first, and he gets both. I came to tell somebody this morning that if you will get to your baseline need, God will meet your baseline need and do above that because he does exceedingly abundantly above everything that we can ask or imagine. Anybody here this morning, I'm telling you that he wants to rip the roof off our neat little lives and disrupt our neat little planned out scheduled existence and show himself as God. And then just so I can insert some fear into your life as if you don't have enough already, this story is scary. Y'all didn't catch it, did you? Jesus knew what they were thinking. Some of y'all are scared now, ain't you? Just as a side note, just let me chase this rabbit for one moment. We compartmentalize our lives and don't believe that God knows what's going on in here. Jesus proves otherwise. And I came to tell somebody this morning, you can have it all straightened out on the outside and you can know when to do this and know when to do this and know when to fall out and all that stuff. But Jesus knows what's going on in here. The third thing I recognize out of this account is this. Signs are birthed out of compassion. I don't want you to miss this this morning. I don't want to miss this aspect of this account. I've already talked to you about God's want to. Y'all remember? We talked about this fact. God wants to deal with the issues of your life. He has a sincere desire to impact your life. So the issue is not God's want to. The issue is not even God's compassion. Because I've also referred to you back to portions of Scripture where the Bible says that Jesus was moved on by compassion. He felt in his soul. He felt the needs of people. He was moved on by compassion for lepers. He was moved on by compassion for those that were hungry. He was moved on by compassion. So the issue is not God's compassion. 
It's ours. That's what this story teaches us. It teaches us that signs are birthed out of compassion. And if we are ever going to see signs back in our lives, we are going to have to become overtaken by compassion for people in need. Four men moved on by compassion for their friend. They take the initiative to get their friend to Jesus. This sick man could not get to Jesus on his own. And so these four friends step in and they open the door for a miracle to take place in the life of their friend, all because of compassion. We have got to become a congregation of people that will go to great lengths to get people to Jesus. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. That bounced back at me. Listen to me this morning. If we want to see signs, we have got to become a congregation of people again who will go to great lengths to see people come to Jesus. Well, what are you saying, Steve? Well, my question to you this morning is when's the last time you tore something up to make it possible for your friends to see Jesus? Oh, you'll tear some stuff up for you to see Jesus. But when is the last time that you tore something up, went out of your way, went to great lengths, inconvenienced yourself in order to get your friends to see him. They ripped the roof off and we won't even speak. They vandalized the house. And we won't invite anybody to church. They damaged a home and we won't offer a prayer or a hand. God, please, birth compassion in us again. Where our hearts are moved and broken for people in need. You know what compassion means? It's sympathetic consciousness of others' distress. And if we stopped right there, it's inadequate because that just means I feel sorry for them. But the rest of the definition is this. Together, coupled together with a desire to alleviate it. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. Do you have any compassion? I want to challenge you as a member of this congregation. How far are you willing to go to see people come to Christ? Are you willing to forego your own Christmas presents? Oh, y'all didn't know I was going to get practical on you, did you? To make it possible for others to come face to face with the love of Jesus. Or do you really need that remote control car or that big screen TV or that new pair of jeans? How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to give up time? Are you willing to adjust your schedule? Are you willing to go out of your way to make time for outreach? Are you willing to get your hands dirty? Because I want to tell you something. I want to remind you this morning that outreach is dirty. Are you willing to volunteer? We say we are, but we can't get some of you to worship one work one to save our lives. So how are we supposed to get people to come and see Jesus if nobody is moved on 
by compassion. When is the last time you rode down this road or any other road and your heart was actually broken for people? When's the last time you took one of those little cards off that tree and recognized that there's a a, a, a little boy or a little girl saying, all I want for Christmas, I saw this one this morning and it gripped me, a 10-year-old boy. Why would a 10-year-old boy be asking for this? Because he doesn't have anything. He asked for picture frames. When I was a 10-year-old little boy, I was asking for video games and BB guns so I could shoot my sister. Y'all think I'm kidding. He's asking for picture frames. That ought to be more than just a card hanging on a tree. That ought to cause compassion to rise up in us and cause us to want to do something, even if it inconveniences us. Julie and I have made up our minds this year. We're cutting back on Christmas. Our boys are just going to have to learn. Because it's not just about them, although we love them. It's about the fact that people need help. And if we don't help, who's going to? Signs are birthed out of compassion. And if we have no compassion, we will have no signs. And fourth, signs should set us apart. When Jesus healed this man, the people declared, we have never seen anything like this before. I came to declare to you this morning that when Jesus really shows up, we will see things that we have never seen before. Perhaps our issue this morning is that those around us have seen it all before. Maybe we're so normal and so signless that when people are around us, they never recognize or never see anything, never experience anything that they've never experienced before because of nothing happening in our lives. I came to declare to you that our life and our faith must come to this place where people look at us and they see something they've never seen before. I want you to answer this question this morning in your own life. Does anybody see anything in you different? Don't compare yourself to everybody else. Don't compare yourself to other Christians. I'm not asking if they see any, anything different in all the other Christians' life. I'm asking you, does anybody see anything in your life that they've never seen before? I'm asking that about this church. I don't want us to compare ourselves to other churches. I got no issue with the other churches. I'm thankful for the other churches. I got nothing bad to say about the other churches. My question about our church, this place that you call home, is there anything happening here? Is there anything going on in the life of our congregation that people would be able to declare, I have never seen anything like that before? And if the answer is no, then Jesus hasn't shown up. Because when Jesus arrives on the scene, people will see things they've never seen before. Are y'all listening to me this morning? Anybody here this morning? This is where we are. We, we prayed for signs last week. But we got to start seeing them. So that others will see too. And finally, the last thing I want to say to you this morning is this. This is key. This is what separates the real from the scam. 
Y'all do know there's scams out there, right? Okay, just want to make sure, you know, I just want to make sure y'all know how it really is. There are some folks out there that will stand up and say they can do signs, and perhaps they do, but you understand they're trying to get something too, right? Okay, we're not there. I don't want to go there, all right? I've already told you what I'll do to your Bentley if you drive one up because you've been claiming you can do signs. I will key it in a minute. If you if you scam people to 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 benefit you, because signs are not about you, then we're gonna have issues. And here's the truth, right here. Listen, listen. Here's the truth: signs should not produce superstars. Signs should produce praise. Notice the account. The Bible says that when these people saw this man walking. They begin to praise God. Let me tell you what would happen in our day. We bring a lame man in here and he starts walking. He'll have his own TV show in 15 minutes. He'll have his own following. He'll have a website and a Facebook account. And we'll, we will promote him and put his names up in light and try to get a piece of his clothes and try to get him to pray over some cloth for us and all that kind of stuff. What should happen is once we see signs, it should pr- promote and produce in us praise. Not for the individual that was doing the praying. Not for the individual that was doing the anointing. Not for the individual that was laying on hands. It should produce in us praise for God because the sign comes from Him. So what I'm asking you to do as we move as a congregation into a lifestyle of signs is this. Don't talk about your gift. Talk about Jesus. Don't flaunt your power. Flaunt His. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't, y'all didn't catch that. Signs always produce a following. Hear me this morning. I'm almost done. Stay with me. I need you to catch this. I've seen it happen over and over again. Hear me this morning. Signs will produce a following. They always do. The guys that are known in Christendom right now as superstars, you know why they're there? Signs. It always produces a following. But what I am saying to you this morning is this. I want signs to follow me. I want signs to follow you. But what I want to happen is this. Hear my heart this morning. The following that I want those signs to produce is not a following after us. It's got to produce a following after him. Because he's the source. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. He's the source. And apart from him, we have nothing to offer. So I'm challenging you as you go out throughout your week and you're moved on by compassion and you reach out and you bless somebody and a sign takes place and their life is changed, don't turn them on to you. Turn them on to Jesus. Don't brag about what God did through you. Just brag about God, because I don't want to fake. 
You know why we fake? We back ourselves into a, a corner and we make people think that we did it. And if I did it, guess what? I have to reproduce it. I have to one-up myself. Y'all ain't never been in that kind of situation. I've seen it happen. If I gave you a word, now i got to give you a better word. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. If I laid hands on you and you got slain out in the spirit this Sunday, next week i got to knock you five rows back. Oh, y'all, y'all still ain't listening to me. If I prayed for you and you got well and I make it about me, now everybody that comes from your household, i got to make sure that they get well. i got news for you. I ain't living like that. And I don't want you to live like that either because you can't live like that. You will become a fake. And so what I am asking you to do is this. As you live your life and signs invade your daily life, make it about what it's really about. The only reason that signs follow us is so that when people are amazed by what they see, we can turn around and say, it was him. I'm a nothing, a nobody. But because of what God has done in my life, he favors me. And now you're seeing him at work in my life. That's what it's really all about. We've got to grow hungry for the word. We've got to be willing for God to mess up our nice, neat little lives. We've got to get back to being compassionate about people. We should be set apart by the signs that follow us. And the signs that follow us should not point people to us. They should point people to him. I want you to stand with me this morning. We are beginning, as I've already said, to get messages, good reports about what God has done as a result of our time together last week. My family, uh, we've got a testimony. We'll share it later. Tari's got a testimony. We're hearing other testimonies. But I want you to hear me clearly. This is because of what Jesus has done not what we've done. Father, this morning, my sincere prayer as a pastor over these folks that you've trusted into my watch is this. Make us compassionate again. Some of us have become so isolated from pain and so isolated from discomfort that we just don't care anymore. Some of us have been taken advantage of and the care and concern of our heart has been misused and abused. And so we just don't care anymore. We're guarded. But this morning I pray that the compassion of Christ would overcome us. The compassion of these four men would overcome us. And what would take place is once again we would find ourselves feeling what you feel when we see folks in need. Give us wisdom. We don't want to be taken advantage of. Give us wisdom. But at the same time, I pray that if we make an error, that we would make an error on the side of compassion. Shake us out of our nice, neat, scheduled little lives. And give us an opportunity 
to show somebody something they've never seen before. And Father, I come against any attitude in our body that would draw attention to themselves because of their gift. Father, I pray that instead what we would do is we would turn all attention and all praise and all honor and all glory to the one that deserves it, you. In Jesus' name. Would you do this with me? Would you lay your hand on your heart this morning? We're entering Christmas. That doesn't even seem possible. I have a request this morning from God for what I want Him to give every one of you for Christmas. And that's what we're going to pray. And then I'm going to... We're going to switch gears here, but this is my sincere request from our Father. Father, I pray that you would give every person under the sound of my voice your heart. Your heart for the lost. Your heart for the broken. Your heart for those in despair. Your heart for those that are desperate. I pray that you would give us your heart this Christmas and that what we would do is we would go through life looking for people in need. And we would go to whatever lengths we must go, even if it costs us even if it's painful for us, we will do whatever it takes to get them to you. That's my prayer, Father. If you'll accept that challenge this morning, would you just say this with me? I will determine to do anything Oh, y'all didn't get that. Anything it takes. I think we need to say that again. I will do anything. Come on. That it takes to get them to Him. Hear our cry, O Lord. Hear our cry. Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.